This episode is brought to you by my upcoming free five-day Jewish Money Makeover Challenge. It starts Sunday, February 11. I will be with you live for five days on Zoom to walk you through the Jewish Money Makeover that I and so many have used to build a rich life. If you've been feeling like your financial life needs a makeover, then come on over. I will help you out. Join me for this five-day challenge completely free at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. That's yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. Jewish Money Matters episode 367, A Business and Life of Mazel with Rachi Schnee of the Mazel Collection. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Everyone always asks me, like, do you have PR? And I really, I don't, I never hired PR. I've, I've like interviewed and was almost going to hire and I never actually hired PR. And they're just like, well, how do you get all these celebrities? And I'm like, my, I, I really feel like my PR is Hashem. Like, <laughs> like it just happened. I love that. You know? <laughs> I mean, maybe one day I will hire. So I'm not going to say it's always, you know, but it's always, it was crazy to watch how I didn't expect it when I started the business. I didn't have this like global vision. I kind of was just like, oh, I want to make this because I want it. And if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out, great. Cause like I'll buy, like I'm I'm going to wear it and I love it. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest this week, the fabulous Rachie Schnee, I have to say I'm in cloud nine right now. Is that how the saying goes? Talking about mazel. I just feel like the mazel is shining for so many beautiful souls who joined me yesterday for the live call of day number one of my free five-day Jewish Money Makeover Challenge. And of course, for everyone else who's catching it on replay. We have over 300 participants enrolled in this event. And if you're not in it yet, it's not too late to join us at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. Last night, day number one, was so powerful. It was all about the Jewish perspective on money and uncovering all the junk we carry around that blocks us from internalizing these truths and behaving accordingly. It was, you guys, it was fire. And... I know I had a lot of competition. I mean, the Super Bowl, I get it. But you know what? I have over 400 or over 300 people registered for this challenge. Hey, maybe that maybe that was a good Freudian slip. Maybe it's over 400 by the time I finish recording this. I don't know. Because I do know that people are still registering. It's it's really not too late to join, especially since tonight's topic is one of the favorites among the Jewish Money Matters podcast audience, giving Tonight is all about giving. So if you're still not in the challenge, head over to yeltrush.com forward slash challenge. And if you missed last night's session because of the Super Bowl, well, hurry and watch that replay and submit that homework because in just a few hours, we will raffle off today's prize for submitting homework. You have till 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every day to submit your homework of the day. And if you're hearing this and you're like, what? What is she talking about homework? Don't worry. You you know, um, you have to get in on this experience, you guys, to know. <laughs> you have to be in the know here. But basically, every day I teach you live. And not only is this, you know, the teaching is totally mind-blowing, but if you've read my newsletter today, you probably saw the beautiful feedback that was coming in all throughout last night's session. 
But here's the thing, we do exercises together and I give daily homework and I incentivize you for doing the homework and the prices get good, you guys, over the weeks. So anyways, of course, I am sure that you would do the work even without the incentives, but hey, why not? I like gift giving. Or anyways, so just come on over. If you've been seriously like in this place where your relationship with money is, you know, you could use a makeover, then again, this event is for you and it has all the good vibes. You probably saw that in my newsletter already, all the feedback that I sent earlier today showing you guys what people were saying. Again, I will be with you live on Zoom for five days straight, teaching you the Jewish money secrets and actionable steps to build a rich life with clarity and confidence. And of course, as I just suggested, I'm making this fun and uplifting for everyone. So check it all out at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. That's also where you enroll. And if the time doesn't work for you, don't worry because you'll be getting the, the daily replays. All right. So talking about good vibes, my guest today has all the good vibes. Oh my gosh. She has the mazel people. I just love this woman and her jewelry designs. Oh my gosh. Rachie Schnee is with us today. Rachie is the founder of Rachie Schnee, a fine jewelry business, which has gained a huge following globally through mostly her signature Mazel collection. Have you seen this, guys? Do you own any of these pieces? They're like beyond stunning. Celebrities, influencers, and thousands of women around the globe have joined what Rachie calls the Mazel Club. You may have seen Gal Gadot. Rachel Zoe, Amy Schumer, Juliana Margolis, Deborah Messing, Noah Tishby, Salma Blair, I mean, Miss Universe, so many, so many more exhibiting their Jewish pride by wearing Rachie's Mazel collection pieces. Now, how in the world did she get here in a very short amount of time, as you'll soon hear? It's been a short, exhilarating ride, and hang on for it, and watch for God's hand in all, and how Rachie speaks about that. She's a beautiful soul with God front and center, which no doubt has to do with her mazel. We talk about the incredible opportunities she's had. We talk about the challenges, the money lessons learned from her family, her money mindset, and get this, our mutual affinity for the stock market. I knew we had a lot in common, but I didn't know this side of Rachie. You're in for such a lovely conversation with a brilliant businesswoman who is so grounded in her bitachon and in her connection to God. It's literally good mazel just to hear her and for sure to be with her. Here's the lovely Rachie Schnee. Rachie Schnee, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm so happy that we get to do this. We've been looking forward to this for a while. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, finally. It really is so fun. Rachie, you are famous for the Mazel Collection. Yes, there (laughs) it is, everybody. (laughs) As part of your jewelry brand, Rachie Schnee, um, which you started only in 2019. Uh, We're going to talk about that because that's pretty... uh, pretty short timeline there. We just saw Montana Tucker walking the Golden Globes, not just with the beautiful Bring Them Home Now yellow ribbon, but she was wearing, she was gemmed with the Maslow Collection pieces. And she's not the only one. The brand has been embraced by so many influencers, the ladies we love and adore, Deborah Messing, Lisi Savetsky, no, 
Noah Tishby. I mean, all the big names that we love. And you're also the co-founder of the Healers Collection. Here's my Healers bracelet. Yay. <laughs> um, a jewelry and wellness brand alongside our mutual friend, Joyce Azria and Sarit Share. So I really want to start, Rachie, with the entrepreneurial journey, because like I said, a lot has happened in less than five years. It's a very short timeline. What led you to the jewelry business? Was this something that was always on on your mind? No, actually, I never wanted to. Never thought I'd be in the jewelry business. My mom had a jewelry business when I was growing up. And um, I went to college for OT. I got into Columbia Occupational Therapy School. And um, I was there for two weeks and then decided that I was like, I'm a classic middle child. I, I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I actually um, pivoted completely, left Columbia and went to culinary school for baking, for professional cake decorating. What? And I started a profession. I started a kosher baking business. So I was making cakes every week for my parents' kitchen. It was crazy. Um And then, uh, so that became like a business very quickly. And then at the same time, um, I started teaching just for fun. I wanted to teach like Torah and Hebrew to kids that didn't go to Jewish school. So I would teach them after school. Um, I would go there like an at-home Hebrew school program and I would teach them Torah, mitzvahs, Parsha, like all that stuff. And that also became a business. So very quickly, I had like 15 students a week that I would go to in the afternoons and I was baking in the day. Um, it's and you know what, like 19, 20 at that point? No, I was like, yeah, I was like mid twenties probably okay. or low twenties. Okay. And then, um, yeah, kind of was doing that and, uh, keeping myself very busy with those things. And then I was going to maybe do social work. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do for the long run. And, um, I ended up just getting my master's in Jewish education because I was teaching and I mind, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get my master's at night. So I went to get my master's. Um, at YU. And I feel like I was kind of just not, it's not really what I thought I was going to do was be a teacher, but it kind of fell on my lap. And then I was maybe like, should I open a big, uh, like a bake, an actual bakery? It was got, getting to a point where I had to like, kind of decide, like, do I want it really expand or do I, what do I, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and then my sister and I kind of came up with, because people are always buying jewelry off of us because my mom was a jeweler. Um, we kind of came up with this, like, let's do the Warby Parker approach to jewelry and have fine jewelry that's more affordable and more accessible and lower margins. And, um, we always knew the cost of jewelry because we were in the industry and we couldn't believe how some of these retailers were like charging astronomical prices when we knew how much it costs. So I'm mm-hmm. great for them. Like, that's amazing that they're making that much money. Um, but we were just like, you know what, let's just make it like more affordable. So we start, we started, we wanted to do like fine jewelry for under a thousand dollars. That's how it started. Um, but right before we were going to launch our company, she ended up taking another job. She got a job offer somewhere else. So I ended up changing the name of the company to Rachie Schnee. That wasn't the original name before, um... right before I launched. Then we, I launched my website, launched everything. And, um, that's kind of how it happened. It's been cre- a, quite the ride. <laughs> quite the <laughs> and ride. Then, since then, 
I'm doing other companies too. And it's kind of never ending. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> so, so wait, I have to unpack a few things. I know here. it's a lot. So it's it a sounds, lot. it sounds like the entrepreneurial bug was in your oh, system yeah. from early on. So this whole thing about being an OT or I was always in- looking for a way to make money since I was yeah. younger. Like yeah. I was, I would sell my textbooks. There was a, <laughs> I was just talking to my parents about this. There was a website called, um, it was like the eBay for books. Yes, I remember it well. Do you remember that? I, I, yes, I do. And I can't remember. I can't the, remember the name, name either. But I remember being at NYU and like buying books. Yes, yes, yes. Even and, when I, I was yeah, and I would sell yes. all the textbooks that I would find around my house. And, <laughs> and like any book I could find, I would sell. And I'd be like constantly going to the post office, like shipping books. So I like my parents remind me of that. And I was always... um doing anything. Like I love, I was very entrepreneurial. Like I always wanted to like do business. I I definitely got it from my grandfather who was exactly like that. Uh-huh. My mom's father, um, he was such a legend and like such a incredible businessman. And, um, he was always doing so many different businesses with like products that he didn't even know from, but like just saw an opportunity and just would do it. He did every business under the sun. And, um, he was, he also like, he was a Holocaust survivor. He was an Auschwitz survivor. I was going to ask, was yeah. he the one who and, survived? Yeah. yeah. And he just like had such, obviously never went to school, which is crazy, you know, never knew from that. And um, it was just amazing to watch him. Like it was incredible, incredible, incredible to watch him. And uh, he was so good with numbers hmm. and um, he was working until like his, he was 90, you know, wow. so. And um, I feel like I have that. And Joyce and I talk about this a lot because we're similar in that way where we both have split brains of half numbers business and then half very creative and like always thinking and wanting to like micromanage the creative part. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's hard when you have both of those. Cause usually yes. somebody's like, all right, like I want to do business. So I'm going to go into something with finance, but oh, I want to do more artsy stuff. So I'm going to go like, but like, I'm really into both of them. So it's constantly, it's a great thing. I'm not saying it's a bracha, but um, it's also kind of this, like my days are filled with like, what do I focus on? I need to do both. I don't know what to do more. I'm like, <laughs> always like, uh, you know, like, let me look at the numbers, but let me look at the the art. And I know. Design and let me look at, so it's just, it's fun how um, when you are like a CEO and you're running your own companies, it's an interesting uh, battle in your own brain. <laughs> so I want to I want to ask you, but you, was your mother enthusiastic about the fact that you were also going into jewelry, for example? Or yes, was she, like, she always was saying how she wished that we wanted she wanted us to start something so she could work with us. And oh, that's so she was nice. excited and- about it. But what she did is completely different than what I do. So she's an incredible saleswoman. So she actually comes when I have like showroom days and she's really good at styling people. So she styles everyone. She totally takes over, helps them pick things out. Um, so that's like her specialty. But in terms of like the everyday stuff, it's not really, it, there's a lot of like, people don't realize like, oh, diamonds. Yeah, that's so fun. It's fun when you're looking at it for like a minute, but that's not the business. It's not just looking at diamonds, you know, there's really? so much like it was behind any business that uh, people don't see the day-to-day grind that is not fun. So yeah. Yeah. And, and now from that story, cause one of the things that I so admire about you and it's not just me, this is across the board, I'm sure is that you have such your love of, you know, from the story. Now I start understanding the pieces and this, this love of Judaism that you have, Rachie, that it's just, it comes across so strongly in your collections, in your work. Um, 
because honestly, not everybody sets up their career or their businesses to be so reflective of their identity, their Jewish identity. And yet you did. Um, and that seems to come also from the legacy of your family, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I knew when I launched my company that I needed to have the Mazel collection. Like I didn't care. You know, was that the starting point, like the yes. starting idea? Yes, I knew that I wanted the Mazel ring. So that was a big, 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 um, like that was the first day that I launched September 24th, 2019. I launched the Mazel ring. I, there was a few other Mazel pieces there too, but, um, the Mazel ring was the focus. And wow. I knew, I was like, and it has, um, I knew I wanted to have Ami Sral Chai. A lot of times people will, will um, engrave on the inside of a piece of jewelry. And I said, I wanted to make sure that it was on the outside so that, um, so it's here. So oh, oh, they're so beautiful. I need to get one. Yeah. <laughs> and they all say, I'm Yisrael in the back. So I'm like, I wanted it to, oh, there you go. It on the outside so that people could see it. And mm-hmm. also you can also look down and just look at it all the time. So that was a very important to me. If you look on my website, there's a whole section about me, about the Mazel collection. And it talks about how being a grandchild of survivors, it was so, so important for me. And I was so mission driven to make sure that, that the, you know, the Nazis took the symbol of the Magen David away from us and made it something that we should be ashamed of. And I wanted to make sure that we would never be ashamed to wear it. Women all over the world and men, because I just came out with the men's line. Yes, um, I saw. That they will be so proud and so excited to put on their magenzities every day. And, you know, when people have a certain amount of money that they allocate to spend on a piece of jewelry that we actually, you know, that we create something so special that they're going to choose, actually choose to be like, okay, I have a thousand dollars or whatever it is to to spend right now. I want to buy a magenzavid as opposed to anything else that they can, because they can pick anything. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. really very special. And the fact that it's like it's a heritage piece that they can buy it for their daughters and granddaughters and sisters and friends and pass it on to their granddaughters. I love like some of my favorite pieces are, of course, are like vintage pieces for my grandmother. Um, She has like Magenza Vid and and menorah stuff from Israel from like the 1950s. And and it's just so special to have that, you know, Mm -hmm. not even from Argentina, like all these other places. Like it's so cool to have these pieces that transcend time they're, they didn't like they never got a style you know yeah, yeah. They have a jewish symbol on them but i couldn't find on the market a go-to place that had jewish themed jewelry that is just so cool and fun and like i would want all of it you know it was always very i have a good eye for certain things and i would be walking around israel or wherever new york miami and i would see things and i'm like oh i mm, not my style uh, like, right. mm, a little too cheesy for me a little this like eh, eh, eh. So I'm like, you know what? And everyone, you know, there's something for everyone just because it right. looks cheesy to me doesn't mean it's gorgeous for someone else. No, but, but I hear you. There definitely was a void in the market. It was, a, yeah. Yes. Like, and every single woman that I meet who's part of the Mazel Club is like, says the same thing. Like everything yes. that they found was a little maybe too, just not their style. And it's just very nice to have like a go-to place. Um, yeah, there's an know. elegance. There's an yes. elegance and a sophistication to your pieces yes. that is definitely, yeah, yes. it wows us. Yeah. Like I never saw a hand chain with him again, David, which I did and a signet pinky ring with high and cho- like hoops like this and a choker, like all this fun stuff that like, <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I was just so excited to create and make it cool. So, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It makes us really so proud. And so I, 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 I hear that there, even from a young age, there was this appetite for, or this tolerance for risk taking because, 
not everybody that's, you know, in their early 20s, um, you know, tries different things and then settles on, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do something with jewelry and I'm going to fill a void that's not there. Um, some people might resist that and you went all in, you know, you could say, well, my mother was in the industry, but there's something there still that is quite admirable, um, right. I would say, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but I'm also, I've never, I've kind of always beat to my own drum. So mm-hmm. I'm not the typical, like need to get a job from nine to five and have, and like, you know, I always kind of like to do my own thing and find my own way and become my own um boss type of situation. Yes. I feel like I always knew that was going to happen, even though I wasn't planning on that. Like I was planning on being a tip, like an OT or, or a therapist or doing something like that, that is definitely more stable. And but deep down inside, you knew. Yeah. But deep down, I, I definitely feel like I couldn't have it on any other way at this point. Um, and it's also just been really fun. Like crazy, like crazy stuff has happened along the way. And I definitely see like Hashem's hand, like through the whole thing. Yeah. It's been really crazy to watch how. Talk, talk to me about that a bit, because one of the fascinating things to me about being an entrepreneur, being in business is there's actually this Hayom Yom from the Lubavitcher Rebbe that talks about the fact that a business owner sees the hand of God in such a mm-hmm. much more revealed way yes, than somebody yes. who, you know, might sit and learn Torah, for example. And it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. I see it every day of my I life. I was just talking about this. T- yeah. Yes, yes. We're connected. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's, you see crazy things happen and you see crazy opportunities that come your way. And you realize that like just having one little conversation with one person can change your whole business. You don't even yeah. realize. And can you give us some examples of th- pl- times in your business where you've been like, Oh my gosh, Hashem, I see you. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's crazy because everyone always asks me, like, do you have PR? And I really, I don't, I never hired PR. I've, I've like interviewed and was almost going to hire and I never actually hired PR. And they're just like, well, how do you get all these celebrities? And I'm like, my, I, I really feel like my PR is Hashem. Like, <laughs> like it just happened. I love that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe one day I will hire. So I'm not going to say it's always, you know, but it's always, it was crazy to watch how I didn't expect it when I started the business. I didn't have this like global vision. I kind of was just like, oh, I want to make this because I want it. And if it doesn't work out, great. Cause like I'll buy, like I'm going to wear it and I love it. Joyce has definitely trained me to have more of a global vision with things. Um, but now that like, thank God this has been successful. I can have more global visions with anything that I do because I feel like I got like, I kind of like put my foot in the door type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, but when I first started with the mazel ring, I like would come on every single day and like work so hard and post about it and, and be so excited about it and, and, you know, really try to make it cool. And at that point it wasn't like the thing that people wanted. And, um, which is a whole nother thing. Cause then when I see people copy me, there's like mixed emotions with that. Oh. But, um, when it comes back to PR and, um, things happening, it's unbelievable to see how people just started coming to me. Like Deborah Messing messaged me on Instagram and, and, um, Elal reached out that they wanted me to be an ambassador and give Miss Universe the oh, yes. official gift, um, from the state of Israel when Miss, Un- when Miss Universe was hosted by Israel, hosted Miss Universe, the Miss Universe contest in two, 
two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. And um, they asked me to like give the official gift to Miss Universe. So that was amazing. That was like the coolest thing. And mm-hmm. I went when she landed in Israel and I gave her the Maslow ring and it was very, it was just like such an amazing feeling. I was like standing there just thinking to myself, okay, I'm a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors and I am giving Miss Universe, who represents the universe, <laughs> to um, give a ring that says Am Yisrael Chai, you know, like the nation of Israel lives. It's just like the craziest feeling. So so that was really cool. And there were all these moments, I think, because I infused my like pride in Judaism in everything that I do. And I still do. And my Muna, my Bitachon, Hashem like has given me all these cute little like winks and, and prizes, yes. helpful, you know, things along the way. Um, and when, you know, Gal Gadot happened, I didn't even know that was happening. That was crazy. Wait, what was that? Tell us that story. <laughs> um, somebody just gave her the necklace. She was wearing the necklace. Actually, Noah Tishvi. Noah Tishvi was with her. And Gal Gadot's like, what is that necklace? Like, I want it. And she gave it to her and then took a picture and posted it on her Instagram. I didn't even know it was happening. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like all these crazy things that happen. And I was literally at dinner sitting there and my phone was like blowing up. And I'm like, oh my God. So that was crazy. And I think also just... It's funny because like when I first started doing the business, obviously you have like I invested my own money and I was, you know, even my parents were like, you're going to invest so much to make this ring. How do you know anyone's going to buy it? Like, it's not that cool. It's not that great. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's a thing. And I don't know if people are going to buy it. Blah, blah, blah. They're very proud Jews. But, you know, now that my mom is like the biggest Mazel person. But back then it wasn't like the thing to wear. It really wasn't mm-hmm. like I kind of really worked very hard for it to be. You created the trend, right? Yeah. She, you did. So. I remember even with my jewelers, I was like so nervous to order 10 rings, you know, like I was so nervous. I was like, oh, but it's so expensive. And I don't know. And they were always pushing me. And my jewelers were always like, come on, like you have to have more faith in yourself. Like you got to do it. You got to do it. And I feel like I was lucky to have amazing people that I work with that really also like had faith in me and trusted me. And we were kind of worked together to create this. And even when I I always talk to them and they like reminisce about the beginning and they're like, who would have thought like, this is crazy how you came to 47th street. I didn't really have any connections on 47th street. And I don't know anyone who's listening 47 streets just the diamond district in manhattan is just like the craziest place ever you kind of need to like have a name yeah you said did you just like really showed up so 47 streets a crazy place and my mom was in the business years ago and i used completely different people than she did and contacts so i really felt like i walked onto 47 street as this like complete stranger and just things help me yeah like (laughs) Somebody reached reached out to me. There are people that I kind of like walked into and kind of it just happened. But my biggest manufacturer, like the who manufactures the most of bulk of my jewelry, actually reached out to me on Instagram. And because I answered that Instagram account, he had just started, like he was brand new and he huh. was like had faith in me. And I was like, I went to his office and we met. And it was like a little hole in the wall. Like literally you couldn't even sit in the office. And like that, that's, that's how it happened. It was just crazy. So, you know, like it's, it's sometimes you, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, if I didn't, if I didn't take that opportunity, if I didn't answer that call or that message, you don't know what could have happened or what wouldn't happen. So, um, that was crazy. And yeah, definitely feel like. I made a name for myself in 47th Street, which I'm, I think I'm the most proud of that because usually there's so many people that want to start businesses and, and, you know, some are successful, some are not. And you kind of, if you don't have, if you're not like born into it and you don't have right. somebody like showing you the way, which I didn't really have that at all. 
again, because first of all, I also have an online business. It's totally different than what my mom was doing. And hers was like very high-end fashion jewelry and mine is different, like a design. And um, it was just like, I think I wasn't scared, which which was a big deal. Um, I always had faith that it would work out. I didn't expect too much. And I kind of mm. just let let it ride and like see what happened. I love <laughs> you know? that. And because I, I feel like also in today's day and age, I, when people start companies, they're like, oh, but I just want to get to that point and that Instagram account that has like this amount of yeah. followers and they sell this and everyone knows them. Like, how do I just jump from this place to that place in two seconds? You know, I didn't even think about that. Like, I yes. just was like, I'm just going to start and take it day by day and things grow and you could have like a crazy break and overnight become that, or it could take five years or 10 years, you know, you don't right. know. So yeah. I- and I think that starting point really holds people, but like people are very scared to start. It's almost like yeah. they, like they get so attached to that end place that yeah. they can't take the, those, they can't stay in that place that you just beautifully described where you were just like, curious, like, Oh, let's see what happens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is such a beautiful stage to be. And I think like in business, you always have to be like that. Like if you lose that sense of curiosity, it's like the, all of the fun is gone. If you know, exactly. It's so true. And I, I think because I had my mazel collection as the core part of my company, it had so much meaning to me and it meant yeah. so much to me. And it was so mission driven that like, I felt like I had a mission, like I had a tunnel. Vision. Yeah. Like many yeah people as I can have mazel jewelry, like that will make me so happy and proud. And like, yes, the money will be great if it comes or when it comes, but I really just want people to be proud Jews. um, And it's been crazy. So I love that. And and it's fun to see like my pictures, even like my first desk, it it was just a desk. My whole office was like just one desk, you know, Mm -hmm. and like just the little thing and the little thing on the desk and everything was like perfect. And like, now it's like, every, you know, every stage it grew and it grew and it grew. And it's just like crazy to watch, you know, it's it's really amazing. As I hear you, I go back to, I forgotten that we actually met at a Torah class, which is I crazy. Know. Again, it's a testament to your- That husband. was my first office when you, the, where you came. Oh my goodness. The that's, studio that's, apartment. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember going, showing up at that Torah class. We have a mutual friend in, in common, our, my dear friend, Margie. Yes, she's my cousin. <laughs> yes, my she is your cousin. To fame. She's the best. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, so that's where I started. I had a studio apartment and I started- in a desk at, in the apartment. And, um, we started shipping from there and then I moved into another part, one bedroom. And then I moved into another, a bigger state. Like it just kept, yeah, it was, it's so, so Rachel, you talked about the fact that you invested your own money into this project. You have whatever run, little runway or big room, whatever runway you had, you put into this, yep. your parents, whatever maybe- I made from my other businesses, I put into this one. And, and your parents maybe were a little skeptical at the beginning, like seriously, come on. But so, so talk to us a little bit. And yet you also mentioned like, you know, the money's going to come when it comes like this is mission driven, which is such a beautiful statement right then and there, like go for the mission and the money will follow mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, So, so important. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what was your upbringing like with regards to money, to making a livelihood? What were some of the lessons that you learned at home? Maybe some that you felt really served you in life, maybe some that you said, you know what, I could do without this. What are some things that stand out in your mind? Interesting question. (laughs) Um, So I've always been, like I said, like a numbers person. Um, What people don't know about me, which I never talk about, I guess I'll talk about it now, is I'm also 
I love the stock market and I invest. Me in too. Me too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can we can we be stock market nerds together, please? <laughs> and nobody even knows that. And I have a whole nother life that I do every day and check and constantly like, you know, sell buy. I mean, I'm not selling and buying every day. I'm, I'm very into holding, but um when things crash, I'll buy, you know, like I'm very into that. Um, and it's always been something that even me and my dad, it's a great, like my dad and I talk about it every day. So it's like something we'll call like, Oh, did you see that? And people are just like, think of me as like, Oh, this blonde girl, like who has a jewelry business. Like, okay. She's just starting this little business to make a few dollars. Like, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. You know, like, I feel like a lot of times maybe in my community that I grew up with, like everyone's trying to start something, which is incredible. But like, if it actually gets anywhere is very impressive for anyone. Right. So if it's like a matter of something to just keep yourself busy, or is it something that you actually really want to like, make it a real business. Both are amazing. Like you should have both. I think having anything that keeps you busy is extremely important for your everyday mental health and just feeling fulfilled in your life. And money has nothing to do with it. I think if you have that drive of really creating something that's going to be big and, and you can grow and you can maybe one day sell it, or you can get investors. Like, I mean, there's a whole nother world to that. Um, but when I was starting my company, I wasn't thinking that at all. I, I mean, I was the sole investor. I wasn't thinking of like that. exit strategy. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking <laughs> of that. I don't know if this is that company for that. Maybe other companies that I start are for that. But um, I always knew that I always was, like I said, always thinking numbers like my grandfather was. And I always like, talk numbers with my dad. So I think it's it's very fun and it's exciting to say, okay, well, this month I did this in sales and this month I did this in sales. And I think this is why this and that, like, you know, going through the numbers. Um, I grew up always thinking um, of like ways that I can make money. And like I said before, just doing like anything to make money. Cause I just thought it was fun. You know, like it's just, right. fun. I like working and I like making money. Um, and I think it was just the way that I was raised they didn't put so much pressure on us. I'm one of three girls. Mm-hmm. I'm the middle. It wasn't so much pressure to to like be able to support yourself forever, but it was more pressure of do something that you love and that you wow. can always have. And that was a very important thing. My grandfather was very into having a title. So he wanted all of his grandchildren to have titles. So mm. Because it, like a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, an uh, immigrant mentality, right? Anything that you can like, if something doesn't work out, your business that you're starting, like you can always just get a job, you know, back backup plan. <laughs> and he always said that, you know, an education was so, so important because he always said like, you know, for him, like the Nazis can take everything away from you, but they can't take away what's in your head. They can't take away your education. You know, there were plenty of survivors that were doctors before and then survived and be, kept their profession, were able to work after, you know, or whatever profession they had. And then there were plenty that just had to go into survival mode and do whatever they could. Um, like my grandfather, who became a banker, he never, I mean, he went to Cheder, he literally only spoke Yiddish until he went to school till he was nine. Mm-hmm. He ended up owning a bank in Argentina and in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> and he then went into... um he did, he had a dog bone factory. He had a cosmetic business. He was selling like creams and lotions all over Latin America. He did, um, furniture, G denim. Um, he was a Sony distributor, olive oil. Like he did everything, mm-hmm. everything. 
And it was fascinating. His movie and his book is, and his life is a movie or a book. It's like crazy. So maybe you need to write it, Rachie. I know, I know. I definitely need to do that. (laughs) So I just think that as growing up, um, you know, he, my parents were always like more of just like, oh, maybe go to law school or maybe become a social worker or maybe become a therapist or become an OT. Like that was like very much in their realm of thinking, like very conservative, like do something that like you're guaranteed a certain salary and you can always fall back on it. And if you want to decide to stop working for a few years, you can always go back and get a job like that type of work. Um, but they were very supportive. Also, if I wanted to start something, uh, obviously like to give it a go and if it didn't mm-hmm. work out then figure something else out. Um, but my older sister was, is very much the opposite of me in terms of like, she, right. When she graduated college, she got a job like in marketing and like that, like she had a corporate job for, for forever. You know, she was always that corporate person that like needed that stability and that, and she's also a G like, she's a genius and very creative and amazing. I'm not saying also, cause I'm not calling myself a genius, but she is, (laughs) I'm saying she is also happens to be a genius, genius. Um, and she ended up getting her MBA again. Like we're very into that um, title. And then, um, you know, she, but I, I never had a corporate job. So we, she always ta- tells me, she's like, you don't even know what it's like to really have a job and to really work for like have a boss and do all that HR and all that annoying stuff. And have to take Good for you. And, and it, um, yeah, I'm happy. I never had that, um, but I definitely feel like, yeah, I would. I think I don't think I would have lasted a minute. <laughs> I'm still like not, but I, I've been but there. I, that's why I'm gone. If it didn't work out, I'd be happy to get a job somewhere. You know, it's not like it, I'm not like I don't have an aversion to it. Um, I just think that it just wasn't in the cards for me, mm-hmm. and I was just always hustling. I wasn't because I was never just like chilling and not doing anything. Like I was either I was running, I was literally baking all day and teaching in the afternoon and going to school at night. I got my master's at night and. Then I had to teach at a preschool. So I was teaching at Chabad and like I was teaching all over. Wait, which Chabad were you? Were you in the Upper East Side? Yeah. You know that I used to also teach? No way. (laughs) I'm telling you, Reiji, we've crossed paths so many times. I once heard you on another podcast. I was like, whoa, Reiji Shnei and I have like literally like lived like parallel lives. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. I used to. You're from Venezuela, right? No, I'm from Puerto Rico. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm, I'm loving everything that I'm hearing. It's just, yeah, I feel like I'm all over the place right now. There's so much to say. Um, but no, 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 this is in terms of money growing up with them, with like how I view money. What I think is the most liberating thing, um, about running your, about running your own business is that you have your own money and you can Mm. spend your money. And whether that be if you're still, you know, like, being supported by your parents, or if you have a husband who's watching everything that you spend, it's so nice. And my parents always said that too. Like, it's so nice to have your own something. So, you know, like, it's just very, very nice to have that. So you never have to rely or ask anyone, you know, like if you want to buy this or that, or you want to donate money, you want to give Sadaka, you want to, whatever it is that you want to do with your finances. It's amazing as a woman to have your own income or, you know, your own source or yeah, that, that financial autonomy, I think is, yeah. is very important. Have, yes. And I feel like because I'm that entrepreneur style, like I can't be under that, like watch guard of spending. And uh, obviously when you're married and, and you know, like uh, there's compromise and you can't like, obviously. Do, yeah, like there's all that 
going on, but um, it is very nice to be like, okay, like I, I work, I work and this is my job and I have a right to spend this amount on this that I want to do or give or whatever. Um, it is very, very nice. So I feel like that's been the most liberating thing for me. I love that point, actually. Very few people talk about that financial autonomy. I think it's so important. And it's actually quite surprising that you coming from this Latin background, actually, yeah. that was something that was cultivated because we often see the opposite, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Yeah. as much as I love being Latin and everything else. And speaking of that, are there any because it was very surprising. I didn't know that you also have a math brain. I could totally relate to that because I also have those two sides of my brain. I have an MBA. I'm a total creative, as you can all tell here. Yeah. Um, um, but is there, and, and you you are fascinated by the stock market, which I am too. Um, are there any finance, any habits, Rachie, that you practice? Any things that anything that you do regularly that you feel actually are helpful with your your, your finance that really have an impact on your finances, um, on, on, on your business. Like what are, walk me through some of those disciplines that you have. Cause you seem to also have a very disciplined sized side to you. <laughs> okay. So there's a few things. I'm never cheap with service oriented things when it comes Ooh. to business in terms of like what I might pay my employees or whatever, you know, if it's like, I'll always round up or I'll always give a bonus or I'll always, you know, like I don't, I don't think it's worth, I think when you have people that work for you that are so amazing, yes, it's not worth being stingy about nickel and diming them. And I think it's very important to just, to just like make people happy when they're working for you and make sure that they are happy. That's one thing. Another thing is, I, but I, that's, that's more for like consistent people that work for you. Not so much like service, like, you know, hiring a PR firm that takes $30,000 from you and like you see nothing and you're just like, what the heck just happened? That right. you need to just, you really need to think about that before you commit to something like yes. that. As a Good new, point. as a business owner, you can get sucked into those things of like, oh, let me do your social media for X amount of money. And I'm gonna yeah, 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 like, yeah. Nothing happened from this and nothing was gained. And there's been plenty of times where I've wasted, I wouldn't say wasted because whatever had happened and it's meant to be, but I've spent money on certain photo shoots or things where I'm just like, I didn't get anything out of that, you know? So you do have to think about those certain service oriented business things that really, in the end, you want an ROI for sure. Yes. And then the other thing that I love that I always think about is that I always say to myself, no one ever gets poor by giving. So for me, like giving Sadaka is a huge part of my company and I'm giving constantly, like, especially since October 7th, it, it, insane amount in a good, like, just like of the sale percentage of the sales have gone to, to Sadaka. And it's so incredible. It's such an incredible feeling. And it's so liberating. Like I said before, because I don't need to ask anyone. I can do whatever I want. It's my business. It's my money. I can give whatever I, you know, there, there's no one watching me. Um, and it's the best feeling if, you know, you see something, you see a need, you see an, an Instagram post of this person and this unit in Israel or this, the, the victim's family, if anything, and it's just like, give, 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 like, and everywhere. And that to me has been my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, to feel like I'm actually making a difference, um, in, with my business and my company and, um, to give and to help and to support, so I love that I can do that and not have to ask any permission before I do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. It's it's so wonderful. And just hearing you, the word that comes to mind is 
right? She has such an abundance mindset, right? I'm like, it's pay your people who work for you, pay them well, like give them extra, treat them well. And yeah, give, give generously from what you're making yes, in the business. Yes. Like it's all flowing. And that has, that, that's definitely something in my family. Like that's like my grandfather. That's my father. Like they always, that's their mentality too. They're very generous. They're not stingy. They don't nickel dime what the things that are important. Right. You were, I grew up very nickel diming, like oh, we have a coupon to CVS. Like, do not forget to use that. Like, you have to use that when you go to CVS. But like, at the same time, like somebody who's working for you, like if they want something, give it like, you know, like (laughs) we save in the places that are that are very easy to save in. And then we really try to like, you know, where it matters. So you spend where it matters. You don't waste anything. Like I can't even like leave ketchup on my plate, like Holocaust survivor family. (laughs) It's like if the tissues are a little cheaper at Costco, like you buy them at Costco, you do not buy, you know, like we're very into like saving. We've never, I've never been allowed to take anything from a mini bar in any hotel in my life. Never, 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 <laughs> never. You could be in the nicest hotel in the world, having a great, like, you know, beautiful vacation. Never take, not a water bottle. If you're choking, no water from the mini bar. Like it's never allowed. Never, never, never. And, I don't ever and I can't even... It's like, you know, it's like, it's almost as if it's not kosher. Like it's off limits. Like I, you know, you see like candy and it's right there on the table or you see like waters and sodas and whatever. It, never. I don't even think about it. So right. and here you're splurging on a beautiful vacation because yeah, that experience that, really matters. That's yeah. where the money should go. Yeah. So that's how I was raised. Like, you know, like save up for the things, the experiences, but do not waste on fr- stupidity. Like, <laughs> you know, like when I'm you can... You. Like the first stop my family always made on um, going to a hotel was like a supermarket. And we bought a case, cases of water and we would bring them with us. Like, and we would always ask the, the housekeeper, like, can you give us extra waters? You know, when they're cleaning the room and they give like two free waters, like we're like, can we just take some more? Like we need more. We're very, we're very into hydration. So, we drink a lot of water in my family. So familiar here. Um, so <laughs> it's just like the mentality is so funny. And I, and I, I relate so much and I talk so much with other survivor families and they're very very similar like my grandfather was also that type like he was living large and and he was very successful thank god but like he if there was like a lounge with free food he wasn't going out for dinner like he was only eating that free food you know like there's no such thing as like spending money on unnecessary things mm-hmm. um so that's how i was raised yes. <laughs> yes and you have that that you have that abundance but you know where where it matters you think yeah. about where it matters it's so yeah no it's so good i actually i i could totally totally relate so Rachie, we've talked about all the beautiful things um happening in your business those moments where you saw you've seen the hand of Hashem. Any, you did mention at some point, you know, there have been challenges, any challenges, any, 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 any of those learning experiences that you, now you look back and you say, you know what, that was, that was, that was challenging. And this is where it took me. Um, I'm obviously, I'm sure you're grateful for it in some ways, but anything that you can highlight because it's not all roses, right? For anyone who's listening. So there are definitely moments where like sales are down or, and you're just like, all right, Let's just see what happens. Like there, there was you a- go. The curiosity again. Let's see where Hashem's taking. Yeah, me. like let's just see what happens. I'm not like doomsday. Oh my god! Like this is the worst thing to ever happen. There, every business ebbs and flows. Like there are going to be weeks or months that that things are down or and up. And right. I think I think you just have to like have that amuna and faith. And like if this is meant to be successful, be successful. Also remembering that 
every Rosh Hashanah, like Hashem sets out exactly what you're supposed to make that for that year. So not getting petty and, and jealous or catty with like other, with your competition and thinking that they're stealing business from you. Like, I don't, who cares if they're meant to make that money, they were supposed to make that money. If I was making the money, I'm like, I don't need to be like trying to get clients away from other companies. Like I'm not like that at all. So I know most other people in my industry are very much like that. And I'm very happy to be above it and not get involved with any of that petty craziness that people like to do. And, you know, if they can copy me and I'm whatever, you know, what am I going to do? Like, that's just how it is. Yeah, funny. I talked about it on Instagram, I think yesterday, or maybe it was this morning. I don't even know when the post went out, because I don't manage those posts. (laughs) I just approved them. Um, But yeah, we were talking about that, that there is actually no competition in the world that Rachel and I live in and that state of Bitachon, it doesn't exist. Like nobody can touch it. Nobody can touch it. It doesn't exist. And and I feel like when you really fully believe that and you like your whole heart is like, okay, what's meant to come to me will come to me. Um, you kind of just smile thing. Like, yes. of course, like the first time you see something, you're like, oh, and you get stressed and you're like, but then you have to be like, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. it is what it is. You smile and you're like, okay, it's fine. And you know, a lot of times um, when I've had those moments of like, okay, should I give this extra tzedakah right now, even though my sales are down or should I um, pay, you know, give a little bit more to whoever works for me or should I, like these things where the output where you're like kind of contemplating the output, almost every time I've, just gone through with it and like given the donation or decided to pay my employee more or whatever it is, I hear the ching, you know, like it comes back. Like, it's just like, I feel like it's when you doubt it, you're bringing that negative energy into your like business sphere. But then when you're just like, you know what it is, what it is, and it's going to work out and it's going to be fine. Like I'm going to, I'm going to just keep going and, and keep, you know, being me and knowing that everything's going to work out. And then when that happens and that moment happens within a few hours, weeks, months, yes, it's seen just it. going to come back to you and you're going to be like, oh, okay. Like this is, you know, it's great. It, yeah. It's- be- yeah. Because it's really living and running a- the business, knowing that it's not the business. Like it's not the business. Like the money's the business is the the stage for the show, the stage for the fun, right? For my talent to shine through. But really, it's all pouring from Hashem. So I'm just here to play the game and let it be a fun game and let it be a generous game. It, it's it's such a nicer way to work. Oh, totally. <laughs> right. Totally. It's great. And like even like you know when you have a company, you're like obsessively checking your stats and your Shopify and your sales. Like that's just normal. It's almost like the way people check Instagram. Like we're just like, it's just like very much like you're you're just not even your brain is just doing it automatically. And there are some days where like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like the number is that number. That's very low. And I'm just like, Oh, and I move on. Just like, let it go. Mm -hmm. Take a bath, go to sleep, relax. And the next day you start again. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I want to end off with something I do with every guest on the show. I coronate them with what I call Jewish Money Matters, fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show, Rachie, where I'm going to ask you an open-ended question and you'll finish it with, I'm going to tell you an open-ended statement and you'll finish it with whatever comes to mind. You're up for it? Yeah, sure. Love it. All right. So first off is when I give Meiser or Tzedakah, I'd like to give two. There's so many. I don't know. So many. <laughs> um, I would say now, Israel. Yeah, yeah. Any particular causes? Are you like a hot salad person? Are you a friends of the IDF person? Like what's your... Uh, all, <laughs> all different, even smaller ones. I like to give directly to 
Yeah. Japanese, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. mikvah. Nice. And, yeah. A bunch of. So, yeah. Nice. Very nice. I'd love to make more money because. To give more. I don't want to sound like this. It's really true, though. Like, it it's really true. Yeah. Or it, I would say to give and to grow. Like, to. Mm to grow, whether that be in this business or in a different business. Um, but the ultimate goal is, is really to just have fun and to be able to give while doing it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Something I wish I'd learn about money growing up is it's all from Hashem. I don't think that was really always that I only really learned that more later on in life when I was studying Bitachon. Um, so life-changing, right? It's, yeah. Like listening to my daily Bitachon and hearing over and over and over and over <laughs> Michael again. Safdie? Yes, Michael Safdie. Michael Safdie every, every day, people. Every day. Love him you. Him screaming Michael. in my ear that you think it's you that made the money it has nothing to do with you. It, you're stupid. You don't know anything. We're it's the all same. from Hashem. Like you can, you can open the door and there could be a billion dollar check in your face, like nothing to do with you, you know? So it's like I didn't I wasn't raised with that. I was more raised right. with like work hard and work hard right. and make money and work right. hard and work make money. And like if you're not work if you're not working hard, you're not making money. Like it's just like right. that's like it's it's too much of like you and yeah. Me. Yeah. Like, I had to separate myself from with it's like it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what God wants for me. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that I have a Michael Safi groupie here because yeah. like, a lot of my friends are like, even Margie's like, no, 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 no. It's a little too rough for me. I'm like, no, I'm all in. I want to get my slam every day. Cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cracks me up too. All right. Money, spiritual or physical? Spiritual. Mm, nice. Something I splurge on unapologetically is muzzle collection people. No. I <laughs> should be fine. Right. For me, it's like Uber Eats, like ordering my lunch and dinner mm. <laughs> and it's so expensive and it's so ridiculous, but like, I don't, and I, I just don't end up cooking and I just, and then I'm like, I can't believe how much it is and it's crazy, but. Right. Right. I, but you love your work so much that you don't stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have to exactly. eat. My Uber Eats is my husband who knocks on my office. Yeah. Door says, By the way, do you know that you still haven't eaten lunch? Yeah. 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 So. That is definitely something that I, that I unnecessarily splurge on. Cause like I could even go downstairs and walk a few blocks and get something. And I, I just get lazy and I'm like, I just don't want to leave my desk and remember. <laughs> um, I think I know the answer to this one, Rachie spender or saver saver. Yeah. Investor actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see Like I, I kind of stick stuck with the way that I was raised. Like I save in the ways that I can. Um, but Actually, my parents would like be horrified by how much I spent on Uber Eats. Um, but I, uh, I think I splurge in the like I splurge in the way I give, mm-hmm. um, and I definitely can definitely treat myself. But it's not not like an I'm not like the type of person that walks into a store and like buys a Chanel bag. Like I don't, you know, right. yeah. That's more yeah. of like something that like maybe my mom will gift me with something. But like I'm not the type to just go and do that. Um, it's like a special occasion situation. Um, but I'm more into like the investment splurges, like you said, like whether that be like in, in an apartment or like in something that you can actually grow or investing my money in the stock market or in investing in somebody else's business. Like I'm more of that. Yeah. 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 I hear you. By the way, when did, the, when did you start investing? And like your father taught you early on, when did you start? I'm so curious. I yeah, started I, I kind of, yeah. Um, probably like 
five years when I was starting my business, I think, uh-huh. and I uh-huh. took control and like wanted to actually know what was happening and do it and, and be more like very hands-on. Oh. Um, and my dad and I do not agree on most things um, when it comes to that we have the complete opposite minds with business. So it's funny because like, I'll say like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And he's like, you're crazy. No, 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 no. Like, you know, like, you know, they'll do that. And, <laughs> and, do it. and then, and then like, if it works out, my mom's always like, you should have listened to Rachie. She does that. You know, like, it's always that like this back so and forth. funny. So yeah. Cause I remember like in 2020 when everything crashed. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's just simple. Whatever goes, whatever goes down must come up, you know, like it's, it's a like, sale people. <laughs> so I did buy in certain stocks that like really crashed and that were big, you know, well-known stocks. And, um, I think at that point, like some people were like still in the doomsday fear of like, it's only going to get worse and it's only going to get worse. And eventually mm-hmm. if you have that freedom to be able to like invest in something and, and let it sit for a little bit, which you can do with any amount of money, it doesn't have to be a big amount. Yeah. Um, it's nice to like open it up a little bit later and be like, oh, wow. Like that. Yeah. Like- I, I think that's an important point right, right there that yes, I was- you can invest. Yeah. I was, I always now. say, uh, yes, I always say you don't need to be wealthy to invest, but you need to invest to be wealthy. Ah, I love that. Right. Yeah. You also yeah. have to have patience. A hundred percent. Time is the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time is the biggest factor. Unless you're like a day trader, you know, but that's yeah. different. So yeah. it's, it's just like a, no, not, not, not for me. Not for me. All right. Today I'm most grateful for uh, my health. Hashem. And finally, I'm Rachi Schnee and I believe Jewish money matters because we all have to help each other out and we all have to be there for each other. Um, whether that be helping someone who is in a situation that needs money or some, helping someone start a business or supporting another business. So I'm yeah. all about like keeping the circle moving. Like everything has to be like constantly flowing. And if you are blessed from Hashem to have to make a good amount of money one year, like pay it forward, help someone with their business, like invest in someone's business, buy somebody, buy people, please purchase things for full price. When you are supporting a business, like do not keep asking for sales. Like my friend and I, who she has a clothing company, we were just talking about it. Like it is so nice. When someone's like, I want to support you, I'm going to buy something. And they don't ask to not pay tax, which is not a thing. Okay. Stop asking. Oh my gosh. Stop asking them. (laughs) They don't ask to have a big discount, friends and family. They don't just, they do it because they're like, you work so hard. And I see you working morning, noon and night and it's your company and, and it's their struggles and there's hardships. And I want to buy something to support you. And I'm going to pay full price. Like that is the, such a nice, beautiful gesture that I don't understand why more people just can't do. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm very happy to give discounts. Like I love giving discounts to my friends and family and people who honestly, people who really ask and like will message me and say like, I am struggling, whatever it is. Now that this is on a podcast, great. Cause I'm sure everyone's going to ask. <laughs> like I really try to like help people and I want people to like have beautiful things and, and especially Mazel. And I want them to feel that they can have it. And so I really try to work with people and have payment plans and do all that stuff. And I, uh, I don't, I think that that's beautiful. And I think it's amazing if you want to support someone. So if you're going to support someone and get it on for a great deal or wait for the sale, then help then like tell people about it and like wear it, mm-hmm. nice. be proud about it and post it and just like always be supportive and always try to like keep it moving and keep share it. the wealth. Yeah. Share like, the wealth. 
Yes, yes. Rachel Schnee, you're unbelievable. This is a beautiful, this was a beautiful conversation. Tell us where we can find you, where we can buy ourselves some bling, some mazel collection pieces and more. Let t- Tell us all the deets. Because com, mazel collection and everything else. We do tennis necklaces and every fashion type of jewelry. The um, watch. I love the watch. I love the mazel watch. Are you about to show it to me? Oh, all three obsessed. obsessed. So I don't, I didn't even announce this anywhere, but we came out with a line of watches that are not mazel, but they kind of look like this a little bit different, all different colors. And they all have different quotes and everything that we're launching with Nordstrom's in March. And I remember being a little bit eavesdropping on those conversations yes. in Florida. So is- <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited. That yeah. That and then you can also find me at thehealerscollection.com, which is an incredible company and uh, really is making incredible changes. Also sold at Nordstrom's. Um, that is really, wow. That's been a fun ride. And to see how, I love how like between the Mazel collection and the healers collection, I get so many, so many incredible stories and feedback of people that are just really changing their lives. So that to me is like the best part. I said it earlier today, Rachel, you really are a ray of sunshine. You you really are. And I'm so happy that we got to record this. We got to connect and really so proud of everything that you're doing. Keep it up. Thank Um, you. I also have to say, I have to give Hakarata Tok to you, Yael, because you are the podcast interviewer and the interviewer deserves even more than the interviewee. And you are here to connect people and to share every everyone's business and, and brains and anything that they have to offer. You're here to help them and support them. And just like what I was saying before, we need more people like you. We need more strong Jewish proud women who love talking about business and money and financial autonomy and all of those things that you're talking about. And and being able to like stand on your own two feet and not rely on other people. And it's just been so amazing to follow you and to listen to your podcast and to read your emails, which I love. Thank and you. love your emails. They're <laughs> just fun and like creative. And I always need to see what it says. So that means Thank it's working, you. you know, like the title's working, the subject line. I just I to- write them myself, people. I don't outsource yes. that part of my business. Yes. <laughs> Um, sometimes outsourcing does not work. That's what I said. You just got to do it. You know, I just think it's incredible. And I think that you Thank are amazing you. and that Shem should bless you with so much success in everything you do. And you should con- continue to be a connector while receiving everything that you dream of. Amen. Thank you so much for those kind words. Thank you, Rachel Schnee. I look forward to meeting in person next time. Please yes. meet very soon. Thank you. Thanks to Rachie Schnee for stopping by. You can find her at RachieSchnee.com and on Instagram at Rachie Schnee. If you enjoyed this episode, well, you know, I'm going to tell you to leave a review and rating on your Apple podcast app because it really is a great way to help the show and show the love, share the wealth. So definitely go ahead and do that. I will pick a reviewer of the week this Friday when I come back to answer your questions which of course you can submit via email, yael at yaeltrush.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at yaeltrush or LinkedIn if that's where you are. But also I have a very strong feeling that if you enjoyed this episode, then you would probably love my free five-day Jewish money makeover challenge. So jump in on the action. This challenge is happening now for the next week at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. Have an amazing day.